Broadcasting from Alito to Alton, from Champaign to Chicago, and from Robinson to Rockford, this is the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com. And that's the signal that we are off and running, if you will, or, you know, walking quickly, if uh, when you're our age. Uh, Larry Smith, <laughs> Mike Kegley, Brad Sturdy, Patrick Quinn doing audio. Uh, hello and welcome to the show, the Sports Spectacular here presented by AtlantaGuys.com. We have got a fun first hour. It's it's always fun, right? But uh, always extra special when we are joined by the legend, uh, David Williams, the College Football Hall of Famer. is uh, He is right over there in the orange room waiting. Uh, Spent on some orange juice over there, waiting to talk to us about his big golf tournament coming up here um, on opening football weekend. It's it's a big weekend in a lot of ways uh, in early September. And David, his second annual golf tournament, we are uh, proud to support that and uh, get the word out. We'll hear more details about that and get his thoughts as well on this Illini football program um, as uh, we enter year three of the Belama era uh, that's coming up. Also uh, Josh Whitman talking to the media in his annual, if you will, a state of the program address. If you will, he does this every June. Um, Mike was in house, uh, Matt Stevens in house, and they will, uh, they'll come together later and tell us kind of what Josh was talking about. Looking ahead at this program, a lot of things to, to get to in terms of uh, Illinois and the big 10. Uh, this is the last year of only 14 teams in the big 10, uh, certainly a big push, uh, for ticket sales for football. We've seen what they're doing with obviously men's basketball, women's basketball, trying to get 6,000 or more in house every night. We think they can do that. We'll have that conversation coming up as well. Hey, guys, let's start with on the golf course because <laughs> it's now officially summer. We like to be on the golf course, right, as much as we can. Um, another big weekend uh, last weekend for Illini Golf. What a month it has been for this program and the guys who have come out of it. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. I mean, we thought um, it was wild when uh, Adrian, um, ADDC, as we like to say, because it's easier than pronouncing his full name. But when he, you know, he has a great run in the NCAA tournament, you know, he I was ranked third in the country, and then he wins the first week of the Corn Ferry Tour. First, I start. Well, then the second week, he loses in a playoff and finishes second. I mean, what an amazing run that is. I mean, for his first two events, he finishes first and second. Obviously, off to a great start in his professional career. Um, so it's really fun to see a kid like that just come straight out of college and jump on the professional tour. He's got a great opportunity to get his PGA Tour card for next year. Yeah, I mean, you you talk about uh, just a fantastic, you know, increase in in his you know performance. You know, you're going from into the professional ranks and competing at that level. It's just fantastic to see, and and it's a testament to the work that he's done over the years at Illinois and the coaching staff who's worked with him to develop those skill sets. Yeah, you know, we had Mike Small on last week, the Illini golf coach, national coach of the year, according to Golf Week, and still may have more honors to come uh, here this summer. In fact, as we talked, he's at the U.S. Senior Open next week playing um, the great Mike Small, uh, native of Danville. He was talking about with Adrian DeMonte Chaster, um, also in terms of him, um, the big thing for him was always finishing. And he said when he talked to him after that that PGA uh, Corn Ferry Tour debut the win as you mentioned uh, talked to him on golf channel and he said that you know coach i i finished that was a big thing it's amazing you think a guy three-time big 10 player of the year that you've made it right you've done it and and you know you're there but even a guy on that level saw things to work on and so how gratifying it was to finish did not finish last week um went into sunday with a four-shot lead but still guys to your point here's a young man 22 23 years old right a you know fifth year senior that 
that has already won in back-to-back weeks, he's pocketed a quarter of a million dollars plus. That's that's, that's a great start to a career. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I would take that start to my career. Mine didn't yeah. go quite that well, you know. So, <laughs> and my golf game is not quite that good either. So, I guess that's part of it. But no, it's a what a great start. I, you know, you're off to a, you have some really great opportunities, and these guys are, you know, whether it's uh, Adrian or Tommy Cool, th- those guys are those guys are doing great uh, in in the golf program. So. It's great to see guys professionally, and you see now, guys, and we've had this over the years, you know, starting with Stricker and Thomas Peters, et cetera, et cetera. Guys over the years have done well in, uh, from this golf program, and this is just adding to that, the legacy for Illini men's golf. Now, now previously, I would think of $250,000. I would label that uh, money that I found in the couch cushions at Sturdy's house. But, you know, for, for your average person, that's a lot of money. <laughs> Here's okay. You don't have to answer if you don't want to. Your your annual salary your first year out of college. Oh, I can and, tell you. And just say if you don't if you don't want to say that's twenty twenty seven thousand plus a bonus plan that could I could make a whopping six thousand, and I had a company car. I thought I was rich. It was hilarious. Yeah, I so I was. Let's see, what was it? Um, that was a long time ago, though. I think I made, um, I think I did a part-time, I was like a part-time or three-quarter time position my first year, and, and then I coached two sports. It was like $20,000 a year. You guys are both, together. you should be happy to go into media. My first job as a full-time reporter at Channel 15 in Champaign, $10,400 starting, starting. Well, pay. Larry, I was, in, I was in a radio TV class down at Southern Illinois University. They told us, yeah, (laughs) they told us what the average salary was. And I thought, huh, there's a question I should have asked before enrolling. (laughs) (laughs) And, and, you know, it was, it was uh, time to change the time to change the major time. When I heard, I think the average at that time was $12,000. And I was like, oh my goodness. I think the fastest you ran ever was you went right to the counselor's uh, office after that class, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Back, back when, when, when you had to deal with counselors, you know, now, It would just be automated on the, you know, you get a chat bot and change your stuff on, on the computer, but on your phone before class. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. My chat bot, you could just see these phone calls at home. Hey, uh, dad, my, the chat bot said I should be a nurse. (laughs) What? (laughs) Another big uh, thing happening this time of year is uh, AAU. Some guys hoping to make much bigger checks. Uh, you know, think about that. What I made in a year, these guys are getting for campus visits. Uh, some of these guys, NIL wise, for the transfer portal, that is. Uh, thank you very much. How's that segue? Um, AAU, Brad, I know a big weekend at Riverside Brookfield. We're going to talk more about it, but kind of give us an overview of what you saw last weekend. Yeah, I mean, it, it was a great event. Mike Reingruber does a great job at Riverside Brookfield. Riverside Brookfield putting this event on um, and, and they do, they have teams from all over the state, you know, a lot, mostly based Chicago area, but they bring East St. Louis is there as well. So you have teams from uh, Southern Illinois as well, but uh, it was really fun, you know, from an Illini standpoint to see Merez Johnson uh, playing for his new high school team at Thornton um, and, and just being dominant. I mean, he was completely dominant. He's a 2024 commits. Now close to six foot ten, six nine, six ten, two hundred and twenty-five, two hundred and thirty-five, somewhere in that range, weight-wise, athletic, mobile, and he even showed the ability to knock down some three-pointers, which was he had three threes on Sunday, and uh, and so he he's really developing his game. It's really impressive to watch, and also, 
you know, some other guys who, you know, they, they really got to see a lot of really young guys. And that was fun um, to see some of these young kids that I haven't seen yet in 2027, like freshmen, incoming freshmen uh, playing at the varsity level. So it was, it was great, really great event. Um, we'll, we'll talk, obviously talk more about some of the guys we saw. I will say one of the guys who got an Illinois offer in 2024 was Jason Jackson from Yorkville. And he just, after his play at this weekend, um, he got an offer from Illinois. Um, and so he's uh, actually visited Illinois as well. And, you know, very, very uh, intriguing prospect. And then Phoenix Gills, another guy I'll mention real quick, is obviously because he's got the Illini name, right? Kendall Gills' son, uh, really a dynamic 2025 wing. He's going to be a junior. A lot of people saw him at the state tournament last year for St. Ignatius. But uh, now he's kind of the man there. So uh, he's in a different role. Yeah, you know, Morez is interesting because he's probably a top 20 player when it's all said and done. But the way he hustles separates him from so many people. This is a guy who hits the ground for a loose ball the way a second-string point guard who's hoping to get some minutes does. It's kind of like Lucas Johnson in the body of a superstar, and I found that amazing, even to the point where when he's on the bench out of the game, he's calling out picks and how they need to switch or or what have you from the bench. That's impressive. Can't wait to hear more about Marez. And I know you guys have been, boy, all week raving about his play. Um, also, Kedrick Prince uh, was just checking. We've got a GPS strapped to his horse's leg. He is getting close as well, and he's going to join us here in the first hour to talk more about uh, Riverside Brookfield uh, with Brad and Mike. But on the way, stay with us here on the Sports Spectacular. David Williams, happy 60th birthday to David. This guy, I think he could still play. I'm not messing with David. He's our brother. We're not messing with David. David Williams comes in to talk a little uh, golf tournament uh, up next year. It says the Illini guys. Sports Spectacular. Do you know someone with a drug or alcohol problem? Get help right now. Insurance may cover everything. Stop the drug and alcohol nightmare. Are drug and alcohol problems hitting you too close to home? Get help right now. Insurance may cover everything. 877-927-3380. 877-927-3380. That's 877-927-3380. Life can be full of risks. One thing you shouldn't take a risk with ever is your family's health insurance. If you're self-employed or you now need affordable health insurance, you need to make this free call right now and see how the Health Insurance Helpline can help you get it. 800-448-0828-800-448-0828-800-448-0828 That's 800-448-0828 Uh, don't forget, if you need to reach out to us, you can always do that. We're happy to get your emails. Info, I-N-F-O, at IlliniGuys.com, I-L-L-I-N-I-G-U-Y-S.com. Uh, no need to spell this guy's name. He is a Hall of Famer right here in the house. Uh, Mr. David Williams uh, joining us back here on the show on Illini Guys. Brother, how are you? I am great. Thank you. It's always a pleasure to be on the line, I guys. <laughs> Good to talk with you, man. All, that's right, all the time. Um, hey, listen, let's start first about the football. We have not talked to you since uh, the football season ended. Um, two seasons under uh, the belt now of uh, Brett Bielema for uh, this Illini football program. Your thoughts? You saw this program at its heyday, and it, it feels like, if nothing else, you're getting some wins now on the field, you're getting some players in place, and it feels like he's, he's kind of building something here. 
it seems like he's doing a good job just hearing all of re- the, the good stories about the kids that we were, we're landing that are committing to us. Um, and then watching last year, you could see the, the kids growing up on the field right before your eyes. You can see them getting better and you can see our program uh, uh, attracting more kids by winning. You only get kids, you only get kids to come to your school when they see you winning. Nobody's going to come to a losing program when you got a half the, the, the schools in the country that are winning. So it was nice to turn on the game and, and finally not turn it off after the first quarter because we're getting <laughs> smashed. So, so it was exciting to, to watch us win, you know, eight games. Is there, you know, the other thing that kind of resonates, I think with recruits is, you know, getting to the NFL. Right. And, and so having, how important is it to have a guy drafted as high as, like Devin Witherspoon was, you know, going high in the first round. I mean, that's that's really uh, it's got to be a great feather in the cap for Belama as they, they they go through recruiting. Absolutely, because when you look and you say, okay, where are all these kids coming from, and he's called at what number five, number five. That's huge. Yes. That's huge. You, Illinois from Illinois. That's five. That means they're they're they they've arrived, right? Because usually you see Ohio State, Michigan. Alabama, Georgia. You never see Illinois. It's been a while since you had a, a, a guy from Illinois drafted in the top 10. So, you know, that helps our program. And then you got the Brown brothers drafted. That, that's, that was awesome. And they played great on the field. So once you're winning and, and the fans are coming out and you can see the success and then you see guys getting drafted, we'll attract more high-quality players. Not just anybody. We'll attract high quality kids. And when it's all said and done, you only could win with some kids that can play, you know, if, if no matter how good coach Billima is with X's and O's, when you get out there and you playing against Ohio state, Michigan, and some of those guys and your kids just can't line up, no matter how, how great the coach's scheme, if you get manhandled, there's nothing you can do. So by them getting some of these guys that can actually line up and, 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 and mix it up and play well, you got a shot. And that's a recipe for growth in your program. And, you know, when you guys played, you know, that era, Illinois hit as hard as anybody in the Big Ten. Has it been uh, noticed by you, you know, how hard this team hits and how Coach B has kind of put that physicality back into the Illinois program that we really haven't, you know, seen on a consistent basis since the early nineties. Yeah. I, I saw, I saw him getting better. You know, I liked our schedule we had last year too. That, that kind of helped too. So why he's playing some of these, these teams, not as elite as Ohio state, they're, they're getting their, 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 their feet dirty and, and, and they're learning. You learn it because when you get a young guy and that hasn't, been in those big game situations, sometimes you need to build up to that, right? They played Michigan and they played them tough and we almost beat them. So, you know, I, I loved our schedule and I loved how the guys was growing. Um, one day that easy schedule is going to leave and then, you know, I want to see how the guys can do, but it's a great start and he's doing a great job. And, and, and I like, I, I like to progress. I, I saw, I saw on the field last year. I, I really did. And hopefully this year they'll get some, you know, more fans in the stands. Began to in November last year, but you know, I think now maybe fans realize this isn't just a flash in the pan. 
It's not just a one-time thing. We've got something here that we can consistently win, you know, eight, maybe nine, maybe 10 games a year. Um, you know, and so that we haven't seen back to back eight win seasons in a really long time. No question. Uh, David Williams, you are a Southern California guy and the big 10 in Illinois is coming to you. Um, so many of, uh, you know, fellow Illini living out there in, in SoCal, what's the vibe out there that, that, that USC and UCLA are about to become part of the big 10. That's still crazy to me. I still, <laughs> I still just, that still makes no sense to me. Um, I love it for the fact that I get to go, I can go see uh, my school play once a year playing against UCLA, USC. They're going to play one of them at least here once a year. So I'm going to love that. I, I don't like the fact that these schools are so freaking greedy that you got to, I, I saw the teams going to the SEC. I saw the teams going to the Big Ten. You know, the greed in, in sports is just ridiculous to me. I, I hate that. But I love the fact that I get to go see my team. Um, I would have preferred just seeing them in a Rose Bowl playing for the Roses. <laughs> but, you know, seeing them is, is, is better than not seeing them. So uh, the vibe here isn't, isn't until it really happens, mm-hmm. you, you know, it's, it's kind of on the back burner because we just the schedule just came out. So we just saw that they played them. Right. So I think it'll be, and then I got emails from a bunch of guys saying they need somewhere to stay. So I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I got you. Just come on. When they play, come on. I, I fill up my house with everybody. I don't care. Well, that that sounds like a cost savings for the Illini guys. This is awesome. There you go. Right. Appreciate it. Thanks for the you, you in. You in. Mike, Mike, you're you're staying out back. Right. Staying right. out back, buddy. I got so. a big, I got a big ass Akita out back. We don't want him out there. <laughs> there we are. Thank you, David. Thank he you. He might get chewed up. Yeah, but I'm, look, I'm looking forward to that. You know, that, that's going to be kind of exciting, watching us play against UCLA. Last time we played UCLA, they beat the hell out of us. Yeah. So hopefully uh, we, we – and that, that'll attract – that, and that schedule will attract kids from out here to go back to, to play for Illinois too, right? When the local kids see Illinois playing – uh, USC and UCLA, you know, we can steal some of those recruits too. So that's going to be important. And then uh, the the coaching staff is going to f- have to get out here to get some of these guys to c- compete too, right? Right? Because this, yeah. I mean, half yeah. of these kids that are here that, that don't go to UCLA, USC and Washington, those guys go to, you know, Fresno State, San Diego State. Those Those programs are good, right? talent out there yeah and i never and i never understood why i don't know if you remember but years ago illinois went out to fresno state and lost like what the hell we doing losing to fresno state well the kids that didn't get those offers from ucla and usc they wanted to stay at home yeah they went to fresno state they went to san diego state they can play yeah so we gotta we gotta we gotta ramp up our recruiting out here to get out here to get some of these kids yeah, that's a big part of that whole talent evaluation and having those connections. But Big Ten Network being expanded across the country now seems like they should have a pretty broad recruiting uh, area, right? I mean, they should be able to recruit about it anywhere. So, uh, David, I gotta gotta switch gears real quick. I, I I got this fall. We got football season coming up. Is there anything going on that we need to know about? That first football weekend. <laughs> that first football weekend is the David Williams Foundation second annual golf tournament we're gonna to be playing at the orange and blue course uh last year we were in Mohammed, and this year we having uh, more people signing up so 
we thought it was going to be too big to be at the Lake of the Woods. So we're going to, we're going to have a split tea times at the orange and blue course. And, uh, we're going to raise money for, uh, uh, Bonnie Blair's charity. Remember Bonnie Blair? Oh yeah. 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 Bonnie Blair. She has a DAS project that's helping children with sports equipment who can't afford otherwise. Um, and headed by uh, Bonnie, and we're going to do ours with the Tom Jones Challenger League where we did last year, and those four were like disabled kids where we got them equipment and we got them play uh, gear and, and, and sports. Uh, say like uh, some of the kids that, say like some blind children that can't see, right? They would have an announcer announce them. They'd walk them out. They give them a big bat, a big giant ball. They hit the ball. They tell them when to swing. They hit the ball and they run to the bases with them. So we're trying to help all the little kids be able to enjoy sports like we do. Uh, we take for granted sometimes how lucky we are that we don't have any, you know, physical handicaps. So we're just trying to reach out and raise money for those uh, those kids so they can enjoy sports uh, just as much as we do. Now, last year you had kind of a, a star-studded. Uh, group of people who were there as well. Um, I know it's really early. Do you have any any names that you're uh, have got coming, or anybody that you're thinking's coming? We got uh, Keith Byers is coming, a uh, Hall of Famer. We got David Fulcher who just got in the Hall of Fame. David played at uh, Arizona State. We have uh, Brandon Lloyd coming again, uh, D Brown who's always awesome. We got Keith Taylor coming back. Swoop. Uh, we're working on Victoria, who's an ESPN announcer. She says she wanted to come. Uh, Tommy Frazier said he's in. I got to double check with Tommy and Eddie because they said they were coming, but I haven't touched base with them in a minute. So we're still working. Uh, Hugh Green may come. Remember Hugh Green from oh, the yeah. Pittsburgh Panthers? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we Central may get State. Hugh out. Yeah, yeah. Right, no, so. From Pitt. Pitt, 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 yeah. Yeah. yeah, so we, we, we got, we're working on some guys, too. Um, and then we just have to uh, make sure we 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 sure up their schedules, you know, because people still have kids and grandkids, and, you know, some of them are playing sports. So, you know, whoever can come out and play, we just and then uh, more importantly, we having a Rose Bowl reunion that weekend. So I'm going to have a lot of my guys on my Rose Bowl team come play too, like Cam Benson, Donnie Passmore, hopefully Don Thorpe will come play. Uh, Mike Giddings is playing, Sam Ellsworth, guys on the Rose Bowl team. So that's going to be exciting, too. For anybody who maybe, I mean, first of all, we're going to get the golf information here in just a moment. But if there's anyone who maybe isn't, they're not a golfer or they're not able to play on Friday, is there anywhere else the weekend where, you know, just your longtime fans can reach out and touch these guys and take pictures and things like that? Well, they can come out. They come out to the golf course. Okay. I mean, is, is anything planned like on Saturday uh, with tailgate? Well, well, we were having a – they moved the game. So we were having a, a Rose Bowl dinner that night. So we're trying to figure out how they're going to word that because some of us are going to want to go to the tailgate, right? Right. So hopefully we can make it to like a little brunch or something with the team that we all get together and eat and then go hang out at the stadium before the game out with the crowds and fans. So hopefully everybody be excited and want to see the guys because I haven't seen some of these guys in 40 years. Wow. So we'll be all out there. We'll be in the tent. So everybody who wants to come out and, and say hello to that Rose Bowl team. Um, and then 
uh, we had another Rose Bowl team in 2008, but our team went to the Rose Bowl for winning the Big Ten. So <laughs> I, I still I, I take that personal. So I'll separate that. <laughs> I, I'll separate that. We won and we went to the Rose Bowl. They got to the Rose Bowl because Ohio State went to play the national championship. Uh, I, that's the difference. And, and and we, you know, for anyone who you may be too young to remember, the only Big Ten team ever to go nine and zero and beat every other opponent. Yes. Ever. Yes. Ever. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And we and they were all ranked over us. I think we yeah. beat seven ranked teams. Yeah. Wow. And and we were actually lucky that we got to play Iowa, Michigan, and Ohio State at home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In front of sold out crowds, so that kind of worked in our favor too. And that was outstanding. Uh, that year is still such a special year. Well, tell us, um, okay, so where do we go? Uh, anyone interested listening to this? Um, is registration open yet? And if so, how do we, people get involved? Where do they go to sign yes. up? Yes, yes. DavidWilliamsFoundation.org. Yes. Mike, I, I forgot to tell you guys, Mike White will be there. Oh, okay. wow. Awesome. Mike White will be there. We already got him to sign a bunch of stuff. Um. And he's coming. He's not going to play golf, but he's going to be there. He's going to be in a cart, come say hello to everyone. Cool. So if anybody want to come out and say hello to Mike White? Um, I saw him a couple months ago, and he was, you know, he's up there in age, so he was trying to, trying to wonder if he was going to come. And I told him how much the people still appreciate him and love him, and he said, okay, I'm coming. Mm-hmm. I told him he can just come to the golf course and sit out there and have a brew or something and just say hello to the people. Cause you know Mike can talk, <laughs> so so he said he's coming. So Chris is coming, Mike is coming, Jack Trudeau is coming. Excellent. Um, so Jack is doing. He's hanging in there. He's hanging in there. Good. Uh, he's not back to normal yet, but he's hanging in there. Good, good. That was the question I was going to ask you. We've, we, you know, of course, anyone listening to the show know that uh, you guys know we've had Jack on the sh- before. Um, after a situation, glad to know that his health is still improving and hopefully, you know, he gets there soon. Um, David, it is such a, uh, just a great event that you do and you have always been such a big part of the Illinois community. This is just another way, something that you, I, I know it's close to your heart because you don't have to do this, um, but you choose to, to do this, to give back. Well, it's a good idea. You know, they, Illinois did so much for me by giving me the opportunity to come there and play football. And, and I've had such a great life because of that. Um, I was blessed to be able to go there and play. And I always loved that place because the people were always so kind. Uh, whether we won or lost, people were always there. Um, I don't, uh, my first year, I don't think I ever played in front of a, a, a stadium that wasn't sold out. So I, I miss, I miss, you know, you know, you miss the roar of the crowd. I, I, I miss the people coming out to support the program like they used to. Um, but once we start winning, they'll see it. The people will come if you win. Yeah. Right? You, yeah. The coach is doing a good job, so they'll, they'll come out. As long as he keeps getting the kids in and he keeps uh, winning, and, and, and they'll come. They'll come. That's, that's a great place to have a, a, a football program, great fans, and they'll come out. Just, just put out some quality, quality football, and the, and the people will come. Yeah. Totally agree. So the date is February, September 1st, again, at the uh, U of I golf course there in Savoy, uh, davidwilliamsfoundation.org. And be sure to sign up uh, early because clearly, listen, with, with, you know, with, with the guys he's bringing in, uh, with, with it's for a great cause. 
um, spots are not going to be available for very long. So make sure uh, it is the game in town. So if you're a golfer, get out there. If you're not, still get out there. Heck, volunteer, whatever the case is. But make sure you're part of this and help David out. Man, it's great talking with you once again. And uh, let's be sure to, to chat again in August as we get closer. Uh, just to remind folks again of what you're doing and, and uh, how they can get involved. I really appreciate you guys having me on where we can talk about the foundation. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Anytime, anytime. All right, my friend. David Williams uh, here again, Hall of Fame wide receiver for the Illini and uh, one of the true all-time legends, a former All-American um, Hall of Famer. I mean, it is just uh, always a treat uh, to call him a friend and to have him also on the show and talk about just his great foundation and the things going on on Friday, September 1st. Mark that down and uh, hit the hit the range right now so you don't lose too many golf balls out there. Because <laughs> <laughs> David, come and talk about you. And it'll come yes, on the I floor will. talk about you. So, you know, yes, I will. that's just what we do. All right. <laughs> More to come out to this. Stay with us. This is a Sports Spectacular powered by IlliniGuys.com. When life isn't easy, you need healthcare that is. You need OSF On-Call Urgent Care. With OSF On-Call Urgent Care, we make it easy to get affordable, quick, convenient care for minor illnesses and injuries when and where you need it. Reserve an appointment online or walk in for care 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. every day, even on holidays. Virtual visits are also available 24-7, 365. Get started today or find a clinic near you at osfoncall.org slash urgentcare. Hello, this is Brett Gilman, the Illinois head football coach. You're listening to Illini Guys Sports Spectacular. Time now for Ked's recruiting roundup. Usually we have it a bit later on in the show, but um, Ked's horse was was anxious to get here. And Oates waiting. Um, so let's let's get to it. No, seriously, Kedrick Prince, he's director of recruiting of IlliniGuys.com. Always good to have you on the show and to have your insight. You and Bradley uh, Sturdy, both at the Riverside Brookfield Shootout, which is always a big event for major college coaches coming in. And the Illini, the entire staff, they're front and center. Uh, Brad just mentioned a moment ago in the opening segment about uh, Marez Johnson and how his play has improved. What was your takeaway with uh, the the Illini commit for 2024? Well, I had seen him a little bit in on the EYBL circuit, but seeing him in person uh, just showed how much growth he, he has. He's a much bigger kid than what he was when he was a freshman um, in high school. I mean, in terms of height, I mean, I know Brad mentioned about 6'9". I mean, I asked him, I said, he, he wants to be listed as 6'10", so I'm going to go with that, I guess. But his all-around game has just changed. I mean, but you know what? That's kind of expected. I mean, I as long as I've been in this business, I should know better. The kids are going to get better. And he's done that. I think the coaches that Illinois must have talked to him about expanding his game because, you know, in order to be the on the floor of Illinois, play for Coach Underwood, you have to be able to shoot it. And, you know, he's knocking down 15-foot shots, three-point shots, you know, and he's just physically stronger than everybody else. Um, but on the flip side of it, he's a, he's a real, real nice kid. I mean, he's tough. He's not arrogant. I mean, he's just one – he's a different kid. And I think Illinois fans should be really, really pleased. I mean, this kid could potentially be a top-20 kid. Right now he's ranked 25th in the country nationally by a lot of uh, recruiting services. So really, really outstanding, talented kid. I think he committed early why so many people forgot about him. Yeah, and I will tell – go ahead, Brad. Yeah, I I think he's legit five-star prospect. I mean, you know, it only hasn't had many of those. So – you get a guy like this who's a five-star prospect, and his game translates extremely well um, to the next level. And I think it's going to be really good. Yeah, and I know I know uh, Brad, Ked, and I talked back in November of 21, and we actually wrote articles that we thought he was top 25 player back then when he was ranked lower. Um, Morez is his total package. Now, 
there's other people that are being looked at. Uh, and I thought one of the more intriguing people I wanted to get uh, Brad and Ked's view on was Phoenix Gill. And of course, people hear the Gill last name. And yes, this is Kendall's son. What did you gentlemen think about his uh, performance? Well, right away, I mean, he put up some big numbers right away in a tournament, regardless of the competition. He scored 35 early, and that caught the eyes of a lot of people, especially when they hit social media. But also being Kendall Gill's son, a former Atlanta All-American, kind of helps. But he does have an Illinois offer, and I believe he has some major offers. I think because he's kind of a tweener position-wise is maybe why he doesn't have more Power 5 offers. I know Toledo uh, just recently offered him but I expect more um, to come. And if it doesn't, I mean, talking to Kendall, he's he's okay with that. He's not one of those dads that are kind of pushy. He's been around the block. And if you guys all remember Kendall Gill's career, he was a little thin kid that looked like he weighed 16 pounds and then he became an All-American. So Kendall gets it. I mean, if Phoenix has the perfect guy and dad as a role model for that part of the game, I wouldn't worry about it. But if Illinois is the only power fight offered and he takes that offer, it's not going to be a complimentary offer because the kid is good. He's talented. He's got. He's better than what he was last year, especially his shooting. State tournament in Illinois, he looked really good. So the kid's going to get better. I think some schools are missing the boat with him. Yeah, I, I like Phoenix quite a bit. He's a very talented kid. I think he'll slot in the top 100 somewhere. I think what's hurt him with offers is not playing. People haven't seen him. This is their first time seeing him since the high school season. And many of those guys don't get aren't at the Illinois high school state tournament, so. They don't get to see this kid because he doesn't play on the AAU circuit. So I think that that's one of those things. Now they're getting the first opportunity to see him this weekend and next. And, and after that happens, I think get more offers. One of the, one of the new offers that he received over the, this week was uh, uh, from Valpo Valparaiso, who has new uh, head coach, former Illini Roger Powell. So I think that's a, uh, you know, obviously that's a connection they'll try in spring, but I think in Illinois case, I think their best bet with Phoenix Gill, if they want to, you know, get the legacy commitment, I think they really got to push it on him before the other schools get involved, because I really think he's going to be a kid. Once more teams see him, he's going to get, they're, they're going to start uh, looking at him going, wow, this kid's pretty good. Yeah, it's funny. He's and he's already a bigger kid than Kendall was at the same stage. As you recall, yeah. Kendall developed. It was his junior year of college. You know, he went spent that whole summer and went from uh, a starter and a very good player to an All American, uh, and that was all Kendall in about a three month span. He came back to campus, and you know, we're all uh, Kendall and I are the same age. So I recall that back in the day. Uh, another player Brad mentioned is already on um, uh, on campus this week was. Uh, Jason Jackson and, and guys, not a name that most of us have heard much about. Tell us what's going on with this kid and why Illinois is so excited. Well, the first thing that makes you excited is the fact that uh, makes you excited is the fact that he's 6'10". Um, and he's from Yorkville, Illinois. He's long. Um, I didn't get to watch him much this weekend, uh, that weekend. But what I did, it was able to find some film on him. You know, what I think they like about him is that he is 6'10 and he can shoot it again. I mean, I know that's probably overrated but at Illinois they want everybody on that floor who can shoot it and I think that intrigued him a little bit and he could put it on the floor he will be a nice complimentary player next to Morez Johnson in the class of 2024 and he's a really 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 good shot blocker I mean he had a number of games this past uh that past week in in the Riverside shootout uh defensively and so that's always going to keep you on the floor as a freshman. If you can guard right away, I don't care what school you're going to. If you can play defense and block shots and protect the rim, you're going to earn some minutes on the court right away. And I think they see that 
in him is why they tried to get it, why they got him on campus. Yeah, he, he was really impressive. Actually, against Gill, he I think that game he blocked 11 shots against St. Ignatius in one wow. game. He just blocked and altered everything at the rim. So that was really impressive. Now, the thing with him, he needs to get stronger, as most high school kids do before they come to um, college. I mean, Merez is obviously not the <laughs> – most kids aren't like him. Um, so, But that, but Jax, this is a kid who really slots well because he's skilled. He's a skilled big, but he also can, he can play four, he can play five. And what I like about him is he's probably going to be a kid who gets better. So you come in with Merez Johnson, who is going to be coming and play right away. Maybe Jaxis comes in, plays a few minutes early, and, and gets his feet wet, but builds up in the weight room. By the time he's a junior in college, this kid's going to be a really, really good player because he's cerebrally smart. I actually talked to him, um, and he told me that uh, you know he's really excited about having Illinois have interest because you know he grew up watching Illinois basketball, and he said, can't wait to see where it goes. So we'll see what happens. You know, and, and Illinois power Whitney Young has a few people that uh, or a few prospects. Antonio Munoz is a 25 and the very pedestrian sounding, but the old, one of the great players, uh, Howard Williams, a 27. What do you, what did you gentlemen think of those two players? Well, my perspective of, of Munoz, um, just by the way, I, I don't know. I, you can see the athleticism there. And I don't want to use, I have to use, use the correct word here. When you watch him play, he doesn't stand out, but you know he's a Division One prospect, if that makes any sense. I mean, he's not going to be a guy that's going to just knock down, you know, seven or eight threes or, you know, put up 14, 15 dunks and block shots. He does a lot of things well, but I think his stage of the game, I think his passing ability is a little bit better than the rest of his game. I mean, he's, you know, left-handed. He's, he's athletic. I can't say he's not athletic. But I think he needs to be more assertive on the offensive end of the floor. And I do know a number of coaches were there watching him play. And I know they, they do like his upside. But I don't know. I think he needs to become a little bit more aggressive on the offensive end if he wants to get some big get offers that he probably deserves. I do think he's good enough. But right now, I, just, I, I think there's other players that probably are a little bit ahead of him just because of the, those reasons that I mentioned. Yeah, I think Munoz is an intriguing prospect because of his athleticism, you know, six foot six. I still think he's growing too, so he's going to develop into more of a four um, guy. And so, you know, he needs to, you know, he didn't have a great spring, but he had a good weekend. So uh, he did a lot of good things, you know, whether it's the intangibles and blocking shots, rebounding, um, defending, and, and you know, scoring when he needs to. But I, Howard Williams is really intriguing, though, the 2027 kid, uh, because I think he's going to grow. Like, I mean, he's six five, six six right now. I think he's going to keep growing and developing. If you recall, the first time years ago, and probably those of you who follow me may, may remember this, but I, I wrote about Merez Johnson around the same age, and he was 6'6", six, six, maybe 6'7", six, at most, at this age. And, and you're looking at him going, I see it. And Williams is similar. I'm not saying he's going to be a five-star kid and be Merez Johnson, but he's, a, he's really a kid who's got a lot of potential. He moves well. He's fluid for a kid who's young and big. And he does a lot of good things, and, and he's got some skills. I think he's going to be really good down the road. I'll tell you what, right away, when I saw him play early Friday, right away, he had a couple dunks and block shots, and, you know, uh, you saw the coaches open up their pamphlet, and they were thinking, okay, who is this kid? <laughs> and then the first thing you heard, he's a 27, he's a 27. So you know 
this kid is going to be on someone's radar. And right away, I want to make sure I had a chance to talk to him. Real humble kid. I was the first kid ever interviewed the kid. He was really nervous. He didn't know what to say. I turned the, uh, the recorder off and said, hey, man, you're in charge. I said, just get used to this because you're really good. And a lot of people are going to be talking to you over the years. Very appreciative kid. He's a lot like Morez. Just you could see it. I mean, and I very, very uh, talented, gifted kid who has an extremely bright future. And uh, look at that. The mom whisperer whispering to the kid as well, giving him that confidence. So we appreciate that. Kev, we appreciate you. Kedrick Prince, as always. Uh, take care, man. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks for having me, guys. All right. Kedrick Prince, Director of Recruiting for IlliniGuys.com. And guys, always great this time of year to have these kinds of conversations. You know, nothing against the transfer portal and, and how it's changed the game. And, and we get it. We respect it. Um, and that's fine. But but this is it's so much fun to get a chance to hear from these young uh, men who may not uh, wind up at Illinois, but just to hear um, part of this process. And again, the Illini uh, trying to begin to build their roster in the future. And it begins at weekends and events like this. Stay with us. It's the world according to Josh. Yeah, Josh Whitman. Not a movie yet, but maybe one day. Uh, talking about uh, the state of the uh, Illini athletic program earlier this week. Uh, we'll get the uh, thoughts from Mike and Matt Stevens next on the Sports Spectacular. Here along the Illini guys, radio network. Packages start at $29.99 a month with signed agreement. Restrictions apply. Speak to a representative for complete offer details. See Vivint.com for license details. Terms and conditions apply. Homeowners, if you're looking for the best in home security and smart home technology at a price you can actually afford, we have great new now you can get Vivint's award-winning home security systems starting at about a dollar a day. U.S. News & World Report has recognized Vivint as the best professionally installed home security system of 2022. And right now, you can get Vivint's home security technology for about a dollar a day. Plus, get free professional installation from a licensed technician. Protect your home and loved ones for as low as a dollar a day. Call right now for your free home security consultation. 800-613-8053 That's 800-613-8053 Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter Illini I-L-L-I-N-I underscore guy we are the Illini guys and uh, talking to Illini stuff here in this first weekend um, uh, of summer. Uh, Josh Whitman, the athletic director for University of Illinois, uh, every June gives kind of a state of the program, you know, state of the union address. He pulls all the media together. Um, they can't record it. We can't play a recording of it for you. We can do the next best, next best thing. We had two guys there. So two sets of ears, which means they should miss Nothing at all of what was said. Uh, Mike was there along with uh, Matt Stevens, who is the Illini guys football writer and analyst. Uh, gentlemen, both here with us right now. Uh, Mike, we'll start with you. Your thoughts um, on what uh, Josh had to say. You know, as a as a longtime Illini watcher, I was very happy he focused in on putting together the framework for success so that, that Illinois doesn't experience the typical Illinois is good for a few years and then things crumble back down to the bottom again. I thought that was really uh, interesting, and he kind of went on in a couple different, um, you know, ways of talking about what he's done and what his staff, you know, his coaches are doing. And then I thought the other part that was really interesting is they really want to focus on improving the fan experience at the uh, football stadium, 
you know, up to and including even adding as many as 50 places where you can buy concessions and going to a um, actually having a third party company who will be staffing uh, the customer service positions at the stadium so that they can take out the worries of not being able to hire enough people to adequately make for a good fan experience. I thought those were two of the things that were really good. Matt, what did you think? It's always interesting to me to hear what Josh has full confidence in and what he doesn't. Um, That's always a good indication in June of how he feels about things. I thought it was the most aggressive defense of Brad Underwood since March that I think has been, has been given. Um, If you think, there's going to be a new men's basketball coach at the University of Illinois anytime soon. Um, you you need to think again. Um, I do think that Brad and, and Josh are in – they have symmetry in how they think about things. Uh, I do think that Josh Whitman is never going to judge Brad Underwood based off of success or failure in a single elimination tournament in March. He made that explicitly clear. That will never be part of a major part of the evaluation of the men's basketball program. Um, on the flip side, he has absolutely zero, as close to zero confidence in uh, any congressional assistance when it comes to what I call pay for play um, NIL. Um, and I don't know why anybody should. Um, and I think that Josh is really, really worried about. Um, Josh is really, really worried about NIL and this is where Josh and I just disagree, but I think he's really worried about a lot of people in college sports having this idea and having this so much invested in Congress being able to help this, you know, with, you know, you know, congressional, you know, assistance to provide regulations on what is an unregulated market, um, which is NIL and the transfer portal. Um, that's not coming. And I don't think Josh thinks it's coming. And I don't think he, he, I think he'd like to live in a world where we go to alternative solutions here, other than Congress saving everybody. And the, the last thing that I found that was drastically interesting was a question I asked Josh. And you remember that media rights, $7 billion media rights deal that was announced in August of 2022. Um, there's still no long form contract. And, Oh, it was literally the only question that Josh Whitman and and sure enough, it was the one I asked, refused to answer, declined to answer, which was and and Josh being the chairman of the Big Ten athletic directors, um, and that that term now ends, I think, at the end of this summer. He would know whether or not they have a long term deal or not. They do not. Um, unless the Big Ten wants to come back and tell me that they do, they absolutely do not. That does not mean there won't be Big Ten games on CBS. That does not mean that Big Ten Saturday night on NBC isn't going to happen. That does not mean Big Noon kickoff isn't basically going to be a Big Ten, you know, extravaganza. But it does mean that if we keep going along here without a long-form contract, there are certain schools who are currently in the Eastern Division who think that they are big dogs in this league that are going to have major uh, yeah, major reservations about going forward with this media rights agreement that they've, that they've conjured up without a long form contract. And, and I think that there should be concerns about the fact that they don't have a long form contract more than I think these athletic directors and school presidents do. And I, 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 I shake my head at the idea that 
um, they couldn't get this taken care of before we toe hits leather on September 2nd here in a couple of months. It's coming pretty quickly. Yeah. The one thing to your point that there's, there's no other game in town with the SEC's deal locked up, but I know what you're saying. Um, you know, they may want something kind of what the ACC may go to where there are a couple of schools who get a little bigger share than some of the other, uh, the other ones. Um, uh, how about the football program overall? I know we only have a couple of minutes here before we hit the break in the top of the hour, but, um, the overall in terms of, um, you know, football and women's basketball, um, what a, what a quantum leap for both of those programs in every aspect, uh, compared to a year ago. Yeah. Here's you know, to- one of the things that was interesting was, you know, Josh talked about, um, they've got, uh, 8,000 new season tickets sold, and they hope to get beyond the 9,000 uh, point versus prior year. And the students are renewing at over 90% renewal rate. And they're 20% ahead of last year's season tickets. And that's at the end of the season. So it seems like the the football team is moving in the right direction. And, and Shauna Green, obviously, he was extremely happy with where she was at and, and really talked about how she was very similar with uh, Coach B in terms of how she can relate well with young players, but also was very able to hold them accountable. One, there's two symmetries here. One is, is I think Josh, when he thought, when he dressed the football program, one of the ways that he evaluates his head coaches is the staffs that they're able to put together. This is essentially the second staff now that Brett Bielema has had to put together. And Josh has been incredibly impressed with this second staff as he was impressed with the initial staff. Um, I, I, my ears perked up when Josh Whitman talked about the instant buy-in in year one for Shauna Green's program in terms of ticket sales, fan interest, and the, the, the crowd size that happened over the season that happened. They, they, I, and I've talked to a lot of other people in the athletic department. They continue to be mystified of why that's not happening with football. When women's basketball kind of has the same success rate over the same period of time as football, they continue to be mystified as to why that's not happening. And so they're trying more and more things to get that number up in football. Josh mentioned, look, you know, in a couple of days, um, if not more, more than a week, they're going to they're going to introduce single game prices here um, for in, in late J- July and in August. Um, that price isn't going to go down. Th- those prices are going to go up if Illinois continues to win early on in the season. So if you have fans that are continually kind of still on the fence about whether or not they want to buy in, that buy-in is going to be bigger if they wait to buy in and Illinois is really good. Um, so I think that they 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 want to get more and more people in Memorial Stadium, and they, they, they're trying to figure out how to culturally with this fan base make that happen when – there are other programs, again, like women's basketball, where it has just happened like a snap of a finger where, hey, they won. They haven't won in decades, but they won. We like this program. We're instantly invested. So I think that that's, that's something that they're trying to figure out. I think there are new hires that are happening within the athletic department that can maybe help with that. But uh, that that remains to be a mystification of the athletic department as to why there hasn't been more buy-in in terms of football season tickets and in terms of football attendance. 
Interesting stuff this week. And guys, we appreciate your thoughts. Matt Stevens, uh, Illini guys, football writer and analyst. And of course, uh, Mike Kegley, as always, is not going anywhere at all. Matt, thanks for your time. We appreciate it. Have a great weekend. Um, keep it right here with us. This is uh, the Illini Guys Sports Spectacular. You're listening to it all along the Illini Guys radio network. You're listening to the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com on the Illini Guys radio network. Now, let's get back to the studio. Hour number two right here. Larry Smith, Mike Kegley, and Brad Sturdy as we talk uh, a little. Let's get some college news here. And uh, the shocker uh, we're still reeling from is West Virginia, the legendary coach Bob Huggins stepping down. It has not been the best of of years for <laughs> for Coach Huggins. Uh, he had the controversial slip of the tongue, if you will. And I'm using air quotes for those of you who so don't don't at me on social media uh, earlier about the uh, Xavier program and this the. Um, University and the, and the student base there. And then last weekend, uh, the DUI arrest in, in Pittsburgh. He blew twice a legal limit, uh, blood alcohol count. And so he stepped down. Um, not the end that 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 he was looking for to his career, uh, nor his alma mater as uh, the head of, that, head of that program. Yeah, I think the there's two things here at play. One thing, the comments were obviously inappropriate and, you know, not not something you want to say, but there's nobody actually getting hurt with those comments. The the drunk driving is a different animal, and I know that everybody has you know different opinions on that. But point two one BAC and the fact that he, you know if you listen read the accounts, he didn't know where he was, didn't know what state he was in, didn't know. I mean, just from a nurse, hope we're just glad he didn't hurt anybody. Um, it's a sad end to his career uh, because you know. If you know Bob Huggins, and clearly there's something to do with this drinking that has problems because it's not the first time he's had issues with that. But if you know about he does a lot of good for people. He he really has. He's given a lot of money away. He's given away opportunities to people. Done different things. So he's not all. A lot of times we put this villain face on this guy because he made him. He did some bad things, but he does good things too. And it's a shame to see him go out this way. Obviously, a very good basketball coach as well. Yeah, I think ultimately, you know, because all the good he's done isn't erased by one or two events and and all the good he's done doesn't allow him to, to be um, avoid accountability either. So, you know, people are complex um, and you just it's not the way he wanted to go out, but you hope that uh, he can get the help that he needs and, and then he can be back contributing, you know, positively in his retirement because I think he would probably want to be remembered, you know, as for what he did well. Yeah, and I think that that's a community in Morgantown, again, that's very familiar with him. Um, he, you know, they identify with him and he with them, um, you know, do the right steps. Uh, and he could be a great contributor to that program up there moving forward. I think you're exactly right. And and Brad, you put it in a great perspective. But, you know, this is one where you could actually could hurt somebody. And so let's take, take care of that as well. A couple of Final Fours, West Virginia, and way back in the day at Cincinnati. Uh, what a great career uh, for Bob Huggins. Uh, Deion Sanders, a career in coaching just taking off. But boy, this is really, you know, for those of you who don't know, uh, you know, he's a, obviously a football legend. Uh, one of the quickest, greatest defensive backs uh, of all time. Um, already had a couple of toes removed because of uh, some, I guess, a circulation problem. Now there's some concern. He may have his entire left foot amputated because of the same thing. It's it, it's just what a tragic uh, turn of events here as he's uh, about to start his first season as coach at Colorado. Yeah, it is. It is. It's sad. I mean, it just goes to show you, like, 
even the greatest athletes among us are, are human. You know what I mean? I mean, this, we, we think, I always think, I still think Dion's probably faster than everybody else, even without a couple toes. I don't know if he'll be faster with, you know, I'm sure he could outrun me. He probably doesn't need a foot, but, um, but, uh, but, uh, I, it's just, it, it's sad because you see a guy who was like, he was almost like a, a superhero, you know, he's so fast and it's just insane. And, and it just goes to show you that, you know, time, time always wins. You know, and, and as you get older, there are things that happen and health scares are for everybody, not just for, uh, you know, non-athletes. Yeah, that that's it, it's, you know, you you don't want to have to see anybody go through anything like this. And you hope that the, the best surgeons and the best doctors and nutritionists can help him out. And, you know, it, it also shows you that, you know, even if you're um, influential and, and wealthy, you know, your health is, is very valuable and, and it can be taken away no matter who you are. So hopefully they can figure out a way to help him get through this. Yeah. And to your point, health and medical emergencies, uh, don't follow socioeconomic lines. Yep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. Yeah. He has everything has, has had everything has done everything. And yet here we are with him. So we wish Dion, uh, the best in this and look forward to see what he can do um at Colorado um I still say those betting on a college football title um need to put down the the pipe as that goes so um but okay speaking of um uh pipe dreams San Diego State uh, would love to join the Pac-12 right I mean that's that's not been a secret at all ever since UCLA and USC made their big announcement almost a year ago uh they uh told the Mountain West Conference you saw this coming they'd like to leave and um that's not going the way that they would like. Now, San Diego State, as you know, they built the, the new 35,000-seat stadium that I think is going to be a prototype for stadiums um, for you know on campuses not named Alabama, Auburn, or, or Michigan, or Ohio State. Um, 35,000, I mean, it's, it, is a, it is a state-of-the-art stadium down there. Uh, obviously, just come off their first Model 4, so they are riding high right now. Um, but if they are going to be a part of the Pac-12, it's not going to go the way that they would like it to. Yeah, it's obviously been a, it's strange, right? I mean, it's just a weird situation uh, for these guys. And they're kind of in, in limbo. They're in flux and they're trying to figure out, you want to get into the Pac-12, but, you know, you have to get out of the Mountain West. You have to, it's just, a, there's a lot of money changing hands. Everybody's kind of angling to get their piece and cut of the pie and what 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 they're going to have to pay for this and exceptions, buyouts, everything. 30, so much legal wrangling going on. And you know who you know who has no idea what's going on as they enroll? The San Diego State players have no idea. They're just there playing football or playing basketball or whatever they're doing. And they're like, yeah, we'll play whatever we're doing. We don't know. Yeah, the, this is just another ramification of the Pac-12 not being able to get a, a contract nailed down in a timely fashion. So the Pac-12 is not going to commit to adding a school if they, you know, end up with a really, really low ball offer, if they get a good offer, you know, then obviously it's probably easy for them to, to do that. But there's a deadline uh, for the Mountain West that is, uh, you know, coming up quickly. That's what's going to be the driver. And the Mountain West is not playing friendly. They're playing hardball. So it is a situation that we'll have to watch. My suspicion is is that the Pac-12 ends up doing, you know, getting a good, a decent contract, and then they'll find some way to pay off the Mountain West, you know, in the fall or something to to make this all work out. Yeah. Am I crazy in thinking that the problem with the Pac-12 is they don't have a lot of national 
with without USC and UCLA, there's not a lot of teams that you look at that are national teams other than maybe what Oregon. Is anybody else really a national team? And Oregon just because the Nike, just because yeah. the Nike connection, right? But I mean, so there's not really a national team. So the, the TV deal is like everything west of the Rockies. You know what I mean? So you know, and there's only so much, so many TV sets out there. And, and then so you start looking to the east, and you've taken out the biggest market in that area too with Los Angeles. So it's really a weird. It really, you can see where they don't have a lot of leverage from a TV standpoint. Yeah. How many eyeballs are going to stay up on the East Coast? And no matter what, no matter what happens. And I know this has been throughout my career and we would complain about certain time slots and shows that, you know, whatever I was doing and management would say 85 percent of your audience is is East of the Mississippi. And yeah, that, that's just the way now. It, now we've got Texas. Then we've got some cities that obviously that's changed now, Arizona. But but to your point, yeah, in college, in college football, you take those two away. You're right. It's Oregon. Now, the other programs are nice programs, and we may watch, but would the average fan stay up at 10 p.m., 11 p.m. to watch on the East Coast? No, they probably are not going to do that. They've been watching since noon, and only the diehard crazies like us are going to do that. So, yeah, I blame the railroads for creating the time zones. It's It's all the railroads' fault back in the 1800s. And the Big Ten Ten could get aggressive, and they could counter-program and bury the Pac-12 because if USC and UCLA, if they really did have an after-dark, uh, you know, broadcast, if you had UCLA and USC on after dark almost every week, nobody would watch the Pac-12 game yeah, at all. What if it's USC and Ohio State? Well, exactly. not, I mean, who's exactly. watching the Pac-12 game? We're watching exactly. USC and Ohio State. I'll be honest. What if it's, what if it's you know, USC and Illinois because of the USC? Yeah. That game will get watched a lot more than anything well, in the Pac-12. Yeah, true. They, what what if they could become? What if Fox decides to do a 10 p.m. USC game just the way NBC does with Notre Dame, and you could see USC any night, every any Saturday night, or, 10 p.m. Eastern, or yeah. UCLA? They could just alternate weeks. Exactly, play late game every week. Yeah, exactly. It's I'm shocked know, they didn't. I'm shocked they didn't do that. Why don't they listen to us? They well, they may still. They'll come around. They may here. Still. They always do. So, but yeah, but the final thing that, that's it's probably because of all those crazy emails you sent him before, Mike. It's probably it. Well, <laughs> look, is a restraining order necessarily a bad thing? So, what we're watching for June 30th is the deadline. Um, that is when San Diego State has to get out of their deal or at least submit an official resignation. If they don't, they said the conference said this was not. If they don't, then those exit fees double from 16.5 million to 34 million, more than double. So uh, that's what we're watching. So be ready for us to talk about this again next week. Stay with us. Much more to come after this. You're tuned in to the Sports Spectacular on the Illini Guys Radio Network. If you served in the Marine Corps, by now you know about the contaminated water problem at Camp Lejeune. If you were stationed or worked at Camp Lejeune from 1953 to 1987, you probably have a lot of questions. We have some answers. You could be entitled to compensation. Billions of dollars are being allocated to pay for damages to anyone stationed at Camp Lejeune during that time. Unfortunately, it appears that officials may have known the contaminated water problem existed and did little to protect their men. The Semper Fi Code was not honored. If you or someone in your family has developed a serious illness, including various forms of cancer, call this Camp Lejeune legal support line right now. You can't turn back the clock and change what happened, but you can certainly call right now and learn your rights as a Marine. Here's the number. Call 800-254-3218. 800-254-3218. That's 800-254-3218. 
3218. Paid for by Legal Alert Line. Hello, guys. Sports Spectacular. Uh, right back here with you, Larry Smith, Brad Sturdy, Mike Kegley, as we uh, are talking still some recruiting. Um, we, we mentioned uh, last hour talking with uh, Kedrick Prince, who's here, Director of Recruiting, and, of course, Brad uh, sharing um, you know a bit about uh, what they saw last weekend in Riverside Brookfield in the shootout. That was basketball, but we don't want to miss what's been happening in, in football. Just a tremendous month for Brett Bielema and his staff. Um, we bring in Mike Farrell. He is the godfather of recruiting. Uh, MikeFarrellSports.com is where you can find all of his stuff, but he is a special uh, member of the Illini Guys team. You can read his reports three times a week, uh, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on the front page of IlliniGuys.com. Uh, Mike, our Mike Kegley, caught up with Mike Farrell for a podcast recently on the uh, Eye on the Illini series. Here is just a part of uh, of that exchange, and we'll talk about it more on the other side. I'm glad to talk about this because this – this doesn't happen, um, you know, and I'm not saying this is like a big recruiting weekend that Ohio State has where they get six five star kids and everybody's excited. And, you know, they, they complain that one of the kids is ranked a four star and should be a five star. Those are, <laughs> you know, those are our power program, rich people problems to me. But for Illinois to go from, you know, I mean, we, we had Ron Zook. That was probably the height of Illinois recruiting years and years ago. You know, it really has been and. Um, you know, some of the guys, you, you, Martez and, and that. But it's fallen off since then. It's it's a commitment here. It's a commitment there. A lot of Illinois fans were worried they were at the bottom of the Big Ten. Very few commitments. Very slow start. June, you know, I think they had three, maybe two. What's going on? What are we waiting for here? To get a weekend like this where you get a lot of kids on campus, you close on – 75% of them that doesn't happen for Illinois. And that's a big step forward for your program because now you can create big recruiting weekends. This is where, you know, the barbecue at Michigan comes from years ago. You have a big weekend, you build around a big weekend. So now Brett Bielema and his staff can like, okay, they can point to the second weekend in June, you know, and maybe that becomes, you know, a line I day or, you know, whatever, they they want to do to make it a special day and it sells to other kids in programs so you know when illinois gets six commitments at once they're in the news um when they get one here and there it, they get shoved off any front page real quickly and that's what staffs wanted they want big splash big news so what we're seeing here is really it's not brett bielema like either i mean it's not what his MO is at Wisconsin, at Arkansas, huge recruiting weekends didn't exist there either. So it's a step in aggression. It's a step that said, okay, we're going to get all these kids on campus. We're going to get them on campus the same weekend. We're going to get a, you know, we're going to have a commitment there who's going to work on another commitment. We're going to have kids commit and they're going to work on other kids and they're all going to want to commit together. That's the key for official visit weekend. So this is a big deal for them. Yeah, it, it it is exciting. I'm I'm glad you could kind of explain that um, a, a little bit to Illini fans, and of course, it, really six commitments over the weekend, and it really started with, um, you know, the big defensive lineman out of Ohio, Demetrius John. How do you look at this player? Expected commitment. You know, we we did the percentages on you know who might commit, and we're, we're, I think I had him at like seventy five percent. McCollum was working on him, you know, fellow Ohio kid. 
Um, they're, they're similar, you know, they're high effort kids, not going to wow you with off the charts athleticism. They're not going to wow you with an amazing first step or length, or they're going to do everything well, but they're going to out hustle everybody. And that's what Bielema likes. And he, you know, it's hard to think that Bielema is a defensive coach because he's known for, uh, you know, a power offense and producing offensive linemen and putting offensive linemen in the NFL. People just look at him. They see a big guy. They're like, this guy had to be an lineman. He has to be an <laughs> offensive coach. No, he's a defensive coach, and this is the type of effort kid that he wants. Um, you know, whether a kid misses time his junior year, whether a kid falls under the radar for whatever reason, runs a bad time or whatever, they don't care about that stuff. They want guys that are going to work hard and then have just started to reach their trajectory upwards and will hustle and run through a wall for you. That's what they're getting here. And that's what they're getting in this duo because both of these guys are under-recruited kids from Ohio. Of course, they're not going to get the Ohio State, Michigan, Notre Dame offers because they're right on that lower level. But Kentucky, as an example, has made a living out of getting these type of kids and winning eight, nine games. Um, and so for Illinois to go and get two of them, it's a good sign because it allows them to go back into the high schools, back into the state and say, these two guys came, they believed in us. Uh, it's similar to the DB situation they have in Florida. You, you yep. have success, you produce the players, you can go back there and say, well, why don't you come up and take a look? look it worked for these guys. And that's that second level recruiting in Ohio is extremely important for anybody. It was important for Wisconsin under Bielema. It's very important, uh, uh, you know, for Illinois under Bielema. So that's why it's a big gap. You know, and, and of course, the, you know, he, he kind of started it. And then, of course, you get um, Utah linebacker uh, Easton Baker. And, and this is a guy that, you know, six foot one, 212 pound, three star. But again, when you take a look at Arizona State, Oklahoma, Washington State, BYU, you know, you're looking at, at Illinois winning out over maybe some some better schools than what Illinois fans have have uh, won out, you know, watched their team win out over over the last decade. So it seems like we're starting to to step up the ladder a little bit in who we're competing against for recruits. What do you think of um, Mr. Baker? Yeah, and to the two defensive linemen, I mean, Pitt is tremendous at producing undersized high level hustle uh defensive lineman. You know, Aaron Donald's the the layup, but you yeah. know, Cancy, they coveted, you know, both of those kids. They they liked both of them. You know, that they, they probably weren't at the top top of their list. So you you look at who you recruit against, you know, Baker, I, I like Oklahoma, of course, but I, I like Utah. I like BYU. I mean, those programs produce really hard nosed athletic players that can run and chase. And that's what he is. He's an athlete who's going to play linebacker, uh, you know, could be a big safety, but, you know, he's going to grow into the linebacker position. He's going to run. He's going to hustle. He's going to cover a lot of ground um, and he's going to be smart. Um, so they fell in love with him. You know, they, they discovered his film just recently, you know, about a month ago. Uh, they went out there during the evaluation period. They saw him in person, offered him immediately to get him on campus within, you know, essentially four weeks. And to get him committed with all those other offers is another real, it's a boost for them. You know, they're not going to make Utah one of their stomping grounds for recruiting other than the JUCO, you know, Snow College and stuff like that. But 
to come in late on a kid like this when others have offered him and to win that recruiting job within four weeks, that doesn't happen in Illinois ever, ever. They have to be first and then try to hang on. They're never last and steal them away from everybody. And so that's another, you know, really good sign for this recruiting class, which is turned from last year's class was a lot of, you know, high evaluation guys. When I first started writing here, I went through the class in the summer and there's like a bunch of guys that were evaluated, but the fans were complaining, you know, they're beating group of five schools or beating FCS school. Then it, 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 it got an uptick with the season, you know, closing with a couple of four stars. This is the momentum moving forward that they're going to, this is, this class is going to be a lot better. And it's because they're able to win battles like this when they were to never in a million years, even before last season, been able to pull this off. Yeah, no, I, I totally, totally agree with you. Now the next one up is, is an, an offensive lineman that, that Eddie um, Turk and, and basically from LaGrange. So the, we like to joke the home of macho man, Randy Savage, um, but Old Miss, Tennessee, Cincinnati, Duke, Iowa, Iowa State, Nebraska, Northwestern, and Miami were all teams that were interested in in Mr. Turk's services. Um, that's that's a again a, a a guy that at least comes with some real hope, based on the fact that that there's some quality teams who were interested in him. Four star kid, originally recruited by everybody as a D lineman, and this is one of the other things is like. Bielema and his staff kind of were, I think, and maybe I'm wrong, but they were the first school, I think, that really talked to him about, you know, specifically playing offensive line. And then you started to see other schools do that as well. And that's the copycat portion. Mario Cristobal is an offensive line coach. He's a great recruiter. You know, when Bielema offered Turk as an offensive lineman, he did the same thing. And they pushed hard for him. And, and you know, they – they recruit nationally. It's Miami. Chris Ball is going to put together another top five recruiting class. But he, he he covets toughness. He covets smarts. He covers he covets guys that can play offense and defense. You know, he really went after this kid. You know, the others did too, but it really came down to Miami was the school he was going to go away to. Then it came down to Northwestern and Illinois and State. So it's not only a good in-state win for a kid who can play either way, but you know, Bielema saw a little something in him that others didn't. And to keep him away from a flashy, sexy program like Miami, um, that's also a big deal. So this is one of the four stars. I mean, everybody wants four stars in their class. Uh, to me, for, for Bielema in Illinois, it doesn't really matter that much. But from a national perspective, to get a four-star kid in state, that's going to help with other four-star kids in the Midwest. Yeah, that, that that is exciting. Now the next the next one's Tyshawn Griffin. Uh and and here's a kid who who is kind of a, a one who's just an exciting kid. He 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 really he's got a lot of speed, um, elusive, reminiscent maybe a little bit of Isaiah Williams right now. Um, what did you think about this guy who who some people have called the most exciting player in Illinois? Yeah, they want to increase their speed. Um, they want catch and run guys. Um, they, you know, the quarterback, the way the offense is set right now, they're not they're not set to beat a lot of people downfield with speed. They're not set to you know win a lot of fifty fifties. You know, that's what they wanted to increase at the wide receiver position. Get big outside guys that can win fifty fifty balls. 
and get inside guys that you can get, you know, the ball in short span and let them move and run. And that's what he is. He's a guy who's a little bit of a water bug. He can make you miss. Um, you can do a lot of things with him. You know, I don't know how creative they're going to get with the offense, you know, but jet sweeps, inside handoffs, things like that he can do. Um, speed is something that they want to increase on offense and defense. I think they're okay defensively, at least, especially with that secondary. But offensively, they were a, a full step behind a lot of teams speed-wise, and this helps address that. And, and the guys they got last year will help address some of the size issues. Um, but, yeah, they, they coveted him as a catch-and-run guy. You know, he had a lot of schools interested in him. Um, I just think he's going to play that slot role that really hasn't – Isaiah Williams is, you know, obviously a converted, you know, quarterback playing – wide receiver and learning the position he's he's not he's very very athletic but he's not polished this kid's got more polished because he's played wide receiver he's more um he's more familiar with a route tree i'm not saying that's who he's going to be because he's right. not as he's not as thick he's not as athletic but he's he's maybe a, a little bit more polished version uh, as a wide receiver and has that type of ceiling. You know, it's really cool mm -hmm. to see somebody exciting about Illinois football recruiting because that doesn't happen, right? I mean, that's just not something we're used to. It's more been like, hey, recruit these guys and they'll be okay. We'll get them. We'll have a year every now and then. We win six or seven games and we can get some two stars and we'll show them that we're good. Now we're getting legit football players at Illinois and that. That's a little bit of a different look, and there's excitement around the program. You know, when the godfather of recruiting is excited and says this has never happened before, that's something that is pretty substantial. You know, how about when um, we just talked to uh, Matt Stevens, Illini guys, football writer, just right before the break, uh, the top of the hour. He was talking about Josh Whitman, and again, the athletic department, kind of surprised that they're not getting a, a bigger, faster buy-in um, from Illinois football fans. Uh, and he's right with the, you know, the way that Brett Bielema is recruiting and you never how these things are going. I feel, and, and you guys shoot me down here. I think that Bielema is doing exactly right now what he wants to do with this program and getting the players in, uh, that he wants. There was a talk a couple of weeks ago that, gee, he didn't have many Illinois guys. He's got Illinois guys, but he's got getting other guys too, that fit what he wants to do. No question. I mean, how about his ability to not only, I mean, you know, not just get guys that are like just afterthoughts. We're getting, we're flipping kids who are committed to Big Ten schools from out of state. You're take, getting in-state kids on campus who are four and five-star kids. You're actually getting people who have, you know, to take official visits who might have like a, you know, everybody says, well, they're going here or they're doing this or going to Michigan. Kids are like on the Michigan radar. You're recruiting against the big boys and having a shot in addition, you're you're kind of taking the mantle. I think Illinois is kind of taking that mantle away from the Iowas and, and the Minnesotas, and they're out recruiting them, which is something we haven't seen in a long time. Yeah, it, it's really interesting. It seems like you know when when Nick Saban went through kind of a transition and started running, you know, a less traditional offense, people were amazed that he was willing to be that flexible. And Brett Bielma is starting to you know, recruit in ways that he may not have been able to do, to do as a younger coach, it really kind of shows you that he's he is competitive and wants to win. 
Great exchange there with uh, Mike Farrell again, a member of the Illini Guys team. You can read his stuff on IlliniGuys.com, and you can hear the uh, that podcast in its entirety, I on the Illini, uh, Mike Kegley talking to Mike Farrell, and that is anywhere that you get your podcast. Hey, see with us up next, the guy who doesn't want to be a Hall of Famer. Coming up next. When life isn't easy, you need health care that is. You need OSF On-Call Urgent Care. With OSF On-Call Urgent Care, we make it easy to get affordable, quick, convenient care for minor illnesses and injuries when and where you need it. Reserve an appointment online or walk in for care 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. every day, even on holidays. Virtual visits are also available 24-7, 365. Get started today or find a clinic near you at osfoncall.org slash urgent care. Hey, this is Tim Sinclair, public address voice of the Chicago Bulls and fighting Illini basketball, and you're listening to the Illini Guys Sports Spectacular. Larry, Mike, and Brad continuing here, and um, you know, we, we always want to be like Mike, right? Since the 80s, you want to be like Mike, you want to drink Gatorade, wear Nikes, wear Hanes, uh, hit the game-winning shots, and, uh, and be the man, and wear the same earring in your left ear for 30 years. Um, now I want to be like Mike now more than ever, because he is selling the Hornets as cool as it is to be an NBA owner. It's even cooler this day and age to be an ex NBA owner. Why? Because when he bought his majority stake in the Charlotte Hornets, he bought it. He wrote a check for $275 million. The word is now that majority stake is $3 billion. Michael Jordan wins again. Yeah, he seems to be doing okay. I don't think he's hurting. So it's funny. My my daughter was actually on a cruise this weekend. Went down to his. They were gonna play golf at his course down in was like St. Martin. You know, he has a golf course down there. I think it's St. Martin. But anyway, yeah. yeah and it's like, and it's like, but it, they were gonna play, but it's three hundred dollars a round. So they were like, ah, maybe we won't. So Mike's doing okay. You know, so I think he's gonna be all right. I, I will say, if there's something he hasn't succeeded at in his life, though, it, it's as an owner. He has not done well. Um, they have not won enough games. And, and so maybe a change in ownership will be a little better. Obviously, he's ultra competitive. So maybe he, um, you know, by getting rid of them, he can find something to throw new money into. So there you go. Yeah. And, and it's ironic how dominant he was on the court in the playoffs and how bad he's been as an owner <laughs> running an organization. I don't know that you could have much bit bigger of a of a gap between performance but hey you know what at least now he'll be able to make ends meet you know he doesn't have to wait till the end of the month you know the start of next month to go to the grocery store everything should be fine financially for mike yeah because and by okay. way, we should mention this is separate from all the other stuff right this is separate from the air jordan money this is yeah. just the 400 million annually yeah let's play money but to your point they didn't win never won a playoff series ever uh, during his tenure. So it goes down as uh, not exactly a successful uh, run. Although again, successful for him in terms of the bank account is so good for MJ <laughs> um, from the hall of famer to the guy who doesn't want to be a hall of famer, David freeze, St. Louis Cardinals fans love this guy uh, star of the world series, rejecting their offer to be part of the team's hall of fame. You never hear this happening. No. I, and I read his statement and I still don't get it. Like it's like, thank you. I, I I'm not. Does he is he saying like I'm not good enough to be in the Hall of Fame? Is he saying that I don't want to be in the Hall of Fame? Is he saying that Hall of Fames are dumb? I don't even know what he's saying in his what statement. Was it, like, was it? It it took them too long to vote him in. I could. I really am mystified at his reasoning. 
Yeah, I don't know. I, and that's why I said, I, after reading a statement, I still don't know why. Other than, and I still want to be involved with the Cardinals. So I really don't hate the Cardinals um, as growing up a Cardinal fan, helping them win a World Series. But I, I was a huge, David Freeze, I thought, you know, that, that World Series, his, his, that one game solidified him as like a Cardinals legend. I mean, when they went on to win that game six, he hits the triple that, you know, still probably should have been caught, but Hey, you know, we'll go away with that. But then, and then he hits a, you know, the home run to win it. So it's fantastic. Right. I mean, it's just a great, great. He's a legend, but I don't understand why you wouldn't just take the, it, it's almost like, I guess he got more publicity by not going into the hall of fame though, than he did by going into the hall of fame. I, I think this really screens for the fact that if you're a professional athlete retired or active, you need to pay for a really good publicist who can editorially fix whatever the heck you're trying to say. And maybe you could have a manager who could sit you down and explain that a, an honor like this, that largely doesn't require you to do anything. Those are good to accept. And you know, that if you, if you can write it, if you can have somebody write a memo for you and just accept things that are given to you for free, I think that covers all the bases. Yeah, I'm with you guys. I, I I read through it for the same point. You know, like you said, if he just accepted it, we we would never know. Most of us, the nation would never know he's in the Cardinals Hall of Fame. The fact he didn't, you have some people saying, wait a minute, who's David Freeze? Oh, really? I mean, I, I had no idea because they don't follow the, the Cardinals. Yeah. The guy who grew up in St. Louis. I mean, what a huge honor this would be. You wonder, was he taking performance enhancers and he feels guilty about it? I mean, it just seems... Like you said, like he's not worthy. It's just odd. It was strange. Well, I, when I go into the Illini guys Hall of Fame, I I, I will definitely accept the. Uh, will you accept Hall okay. of Fame? I will. I I hope so. I hope that never changes. We we need to run our own Hall of Fame, just like the WWE does, where it doesn't really <laughs> exist. You just give out the award. You have a big ceremony, and there's, there's no Hall of Fame anywhere. Just it's a ceremony that they have, and then they even can't keep it straight. So. Guys like Ric Flair have been in there like two, three times. They've been, they keep putting them back in for yeah. other reasons. Yeah. And I, I, I got inducted into the uh, softball hall of fame, right. And Illinois softball, USA softball hall of fame, whatever. And, and it was a great honor. I mean, it's really cool. It's like a, you know, somebody actually cares that you did something good in your life. And so accept it and be humble and be happy. I don't get it. It's okay. It doesn't mean that you're not going to be with us. He's only 40. I mean, what a cool yeah. thing. So, but okay. He can, he's got time to change his mind. Maybe they can start a GoFundMe to get David Freeze <laughs> to change his mind. <laughs> like, Maybe he doesn't think people under 50 should be in the Hall of Fame. Maybe yeah. they're, they're, you know what? Now, maybe, maybe he is just having a midlife crisis. And I've never heard of it, but maybe some people, when they have a midlife crisis, instead of buying a Porsche, they refuse to go into Hall of Fames. <laughs> well, we uh, we talked earlier um, about uh, uh, Bob Huggins and um, and boy, there's another issue of a, of a DUI. This was really scary. So the guy is not affiliated with the Pittsburgh Pirates, but he was hired by the company to drive the Pittsburgh Pirates charter bus uh, and he was pulled over for a DUI. I mean, imagine how scary that is to be on a, you know, the tour bus. We've all been on those things. Right. And. And uh, you say, boy, something's wrong with this guy. He was really weaving or something. And, I mean, you know, he was arrested. How, how frightening is that? That's the most – that's one of the most bizarre stories that I've heard. Like, like 
it's not like I guess it's one of those things. Maybe it had been an emergency situation. They pulled a guy out of a bar to drive this, but this is a guy who literally was supposed to. He knew he was supposed to drive them from Chicago to Milwaukee, and he shows up impaired. And then people have to call the like they have to call the police on their own bus. The guys following like calling the police on their own bus. Hey, our driver's really bad up there. Maybe you guys should pull him over. You know, it's just a strange thing. Well, you know, you know, whenever you hear the name of the town of Milwaukee, you think of beer. So <laughs> maybe that old thing just, you know, he's in the in the thing. I'm going to Milwaukee and he gets, you know, gets his old Milwaukee. And I, I don't know. There's really I, I got to be honest with you. We're joking about it, but there's absolutely no reason why someone who is assigned to drive other human beings should be drinking. So we understand that. And, you know, there's thankfully nobody got hurt. But it's now now that nobody got hurt, we can joke about it. Yeah. A little bit. It's bizarre. I mean, it, it's like calling an Uber and your Uber driver shows up and he's slush. That's why I called well, you. I called you so you wouldn't. I wouldn't. <laughs> I need a ride. I could have done this. Yeah, yeah, I could have done this by myself. Exactly. 61 <laughs> year old uh, Ronald Funderburk's his name. Shelby, North Carolina is where he's from. And they said he, he showed multiple signs of impairment. So it wasn't just like maybe. Um, there was no question about it. Illinois State Police pulling him over. Maybe you think he'd be excited. Hey, guys, I get a chance to go drive the Pirates from Wrigley Field to up to Milwaukee. And oh, wasn't so, there a Thunderbird? He, 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 he had a party. So, wasn't there a Thunderbird who played for Iowa? Or any relation? Was Ohio, was, was Ohio State? Yeah. Ohio State. Okay. Yep. I don't know. Yeah, that's, that's possible. Well, like you said, we're happy that nobody uh, was injured. So, all right. <laughs> we'll take a timeout. And the chat continues after this. Well, she is the Illini gal joining us each week here on the Sports Spectacular. Adalia McKenzie of the Fighting Illini women's basketball team. Hard at work, folks, while you are planning to go to the beach and uh, go golf and go hiking and whatever you do during your summer. Oh, no. Adalia McKenzie is hard at work with deodorant, we should say. she. We know she's wearing her deodorant. Hard at practice uh, day in, day out, making this Illini women's basketball team great. Adalia, how's it going? It's going well. Um, right now, I'm pretty tired. Just had conditioning. <laughs> okay. All right. Fresh off the court. Uh, well, give us give us the goods. What's the what's the very latest with the team? Okay. Well, we had our first day of conditioning, and that went well. We all we all did good with like pushing through mentally and stuff like that. We did good for the first day. Workout's been really good. I feel like the chemistry is there, and we've been like putting concepts in and working on a lot of defense, <laughs> and uh, getting a lot of shots up. I feel like this is probably the busiest summer I have ever had, and it's only week two. <laughs> wow, that that's good though, right? It's good. Yeah, that's a good thing. If Coach Green here, it is Coach Green. I love it. <laughs> is there a so what's it I, you got a few new fake you got a lot of got people back you got a lot of girls back from last year um but you've got some new faces too how's how are they acclimating early on yeah they're doing well um the talk on the freshmen you know freshmen they still gotta adjust they're learning new things so that could be a bit stressful but i think our freshmen are maturing each day and they're getting used to it so that's good and our uh, newcomers from like our transfers, they're doing good. You know, they're used to the lifestyle, so I think they're doing well with picking up things, stuff like that. How are the how are the freshmen doing in terms of competing? You know, on the court with you guys, it's got to be 
quite an adjustment to, you know, run into the talent level that you and your teammates bring. Are they doing well? Yeah. Um, the first week you could tell it was like, they were nervous. It was a little shaky, but the next week, I think they did well with like playing their game and coming to their game. Like Corey Allen, she does well with getting to the rack and her pull-ups looking good. Um, Gretchen, she going to pull the three, you know, she's a shooter. So <laughs> they're definitely getting more confident. I love to see it. Yeah. It's going to be fun to see them coming off the bench for you guys and playing large roles. Um, even though, cause again, you know, I'll, all five starters return uh, from last year. What's it like, do you think, for these players to come in, um, all the newcomers, where a year ago the players are coming in, it's a brand-new coach coming off a seven-win season, and you're just, you know what, I'm going to take a chance on Coach Green and what she's what she's selling, right? Yeah. Now, uh, that that looks, that product on the up on the shelf is a little more attractive when you go to reach for it coming off a 20-win season, uh, NCAA appearance, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, like we talk about last year how people know we're good, right? I feel like last year in the summer we were saying people are going to think we're weak. But now this year, Coach Green's like, well, people are going to think you're good. And now you got to prove it. Like, you can't have a fluke year. But also, I like that Coach Green talks about forget last year. Last year cannot dictate this year. Our work and our efforts been dictated. And I think that's something that stood out to me because, you know, I think about last year a lot. Like, we had a great year, you know, like who would have thought? We would have had 20 wins, you know, from like the previous years. But now it's like, okay, we did that. Now what else can we do? You know, so I focus is really just doing better than last year, especially now we got new pieces. So it's really exciting. You you know, one of the things that I look at is this team's going to have more, more pieces, you know, more Mm -hmm. depth and the ability. Uh, Does how, how important is that as you go into the season? I know you went through the season, and you guys had to play a ton of minutes um, and yeah. didn't get a lot. Does, it, how will that help you as this season goes along? I guess this condition, this is a conditioning question kind of too. Yeah. It's going to help us a lot because now we have people actually playing their roles. Like I was playing the four last year, which I love, like I didn't mind, but also, you know, I'm a guard. So now that we have, you know, Shay, she came in. You know, she's a four player. We got Bryn at the four. Now we got Camille Hobby at the five. Now she can help Kendall out, you know. So we have a lot of pieces, and we have a lot of guards as well. So it's good knowing that we have pieces and we can utilize everyone instead of, you know, having people play a lot of minutes. And also, speak on conditioning. It's definitely going to help a lot with our conditioning. And now we got more bodies, and now we can push longer and stuff like that. Do you, does it change your attitude any when you think like last year people looked at you guys as an easy W? Now in the offseason, they're going to be pointing at you guys wanting revenge and trying to hunt you down. Does that change your outlook when you're working out in the summertime? Yeah, it does for sure. It, I feel like we don't work like, I feel like we were working like as if we were the bottom. I feel like now we're working as if we're the hunter. Like, we want y'all to come for us because we want to. You know what I'm saying? So it's just a more confident mindset, in my opinion. Trying for that uh, rare back-to-back 20 seasons for the Atlanta women's basketball campaign. I think that everyone uh, feels like you're going to get there. Um, everyone's just been so impressed. We love the uh, fact that even we've seen on the IlliniGuys.com board, uh, what we didn't see um, – two seasons ago that we saw last season was a lot of our members starting threads 
and following what you guys are doing. I mean, it was it was really exciting to see the uh, the fan base. We know that's only going to grow. Listen, we know you've got more conditioning to do. We don't want you to stop too long and coach to get mad at us. So uh, enjoy and uh, get some rest this weekend if you can. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you so much. I, I didn't mind staying on here. I, I need more rest. <laughs> <laughs> I see, Coach. Where, where's, where's, where's Adalia? Where does she go? She went, okay, no, tell her to get – we like those guys, but get off the radio. Get back out. The Illini guys again. The Illini guys. <laughs> or she'll say, oh, it's Illini guys? That's nah, okay. All right. Tell her to take care. <laughs> Adalia, take care. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Thank you. All right. Adalia McKenzie, the Illini gal from the Finding Illini women's basketball team. Much more to come here on the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com. Do you owe the IRS $10,000 or more in back taxes? Are you being audited or investigated? Has the IRS sent you a letter demanding payment? You may not owe what they claim. Make this free call to the tax doctor now. Let them negotiate with the IRS on your behalf. 800-816-4492. 800-816-4492. That's 800-816-4492. You're listening to the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com on the Illini Guys Radio Network. Now, let's get back to the studio. Well, a story that really caught our attention this week. Uh, Tony Snell played at New Mexico in several years in the NBA, including uh, with the Chicago Bulls. Um, diagnosed at age 31, he's now out of the out of the league. Uh, diagnosed at age 31 with autism. Uh, his his son was diagnosed when he was 18 months old, and that led to him being checked. Um, and it's something that you just you never hear about among with the among professional athletes. Yeah, so I think we're becoming more aware uh, of this of this issue. I, as as we've gone on, we're starting to go through this. And you know, from a personal experience, obviously, I, I I've been aware of this um, through some things that have happened uh, in my own family. So it's something that a lot of people are on the spectrum and have no idea that they're on the spectrum. And and, and I've seen this before, and I've. I've seen it with athletes and some of the best athletes can be on this spectrum, you know, and we've had a lot of stories about guys like, you know, Chris Jackson, you know, back in the day um, and and all these things, but this is something that I'm glad we're getting aware. People are becoming aware of this and maybe they can get help because it does help you understand why they do what they do and why, why maybe some, you, we think, Oh, this person's, he's a weird teammate or he's weird this or what, whatever. Well, it's not that he just, he doesn't even it may not even know what's happening. So when you're aware, I think you're able to deal with it better as a as an individual and also as people around you. Yeah, and it's nice to see the stigma against mental health related issues starting to come down. You know, you see somebody who has a hard time getting up, let's say, to face the world because of depression and people get frustrated with them. But if somebody would refuse to get up to go to work because they have a broken leg, you would be like, oh, you've got a broken leg. And so it, it is something where I think as we learn more about the human brain and how it operates and, and how the human nervous system operates, I think m- more of these things can be addressed and people can understand the behaviors of other humans without immediately attacking them. Totally agree with that. And by the way, we should say uh, this past week, it was the one year mark of when the 988 hotline was created. Um, just like 911, 988 is the mental health hotline. If you are in need or someone you know is in need, it's a free service, 988. Uh, please make that call. 
Uh, and again, we're proud of everyone who's doing what they can to reduce the stigma attached to um, these uh, these other uh, illnesses. Uh, and and uh, God bless the Snell family. It was just great. And what a great interview he did uh, with the Today Show. Uh, boy, a story on the other end. Uh, John Morant, uh, you guys know I'm a huge fan of John Morant. And just I love that player who came from nowhere, didn't have the silver spoon and yet made uh, made his way and, and is at the um, very top of his game. 25 game suspension. Um, handed down by the NBA after the NBA finals. We knew this was coming. Um, what does this do for his career? And and how do the Grizzlies, um, how do they get started the first half of the season without their their best player? Yeah, they're going to have to grind through that for sure. I, I think the bigger issue is where where is Ja? Because, okay, what people don't understand about Ja Morant, ja, some people say, oh, Ja Morant, he's just, this is his lifestyle. But no, he's not. This isn't what he grew up in. This right. is not a kid who grew up in like, had a hard life and things like this. This is not the situation. So um, this is a guy who I think he's just struggling to figure out who he is, you know what I mean? And trying to figure out what his, what, what he wants to be, what he is and what, what role model he is. And, and so now he's got to kind of reshape himself, I think. And now I, I just hope he doesn't have another issue like this because it just doesn't make sense. I mean, I, I'm not a, I, I don't care about him owning a gun or having a gun whatever but you know lots of people own guns they don't go around you know brandishing it you know and so forth and i get that it's not a legal thing but it doesn't it's a bad look because it's just kind of in, in our society right now with all the issues with with guns and all the talk about guns and in this this culture it really does create a kind of a, a bad puts a bad taste in people's mouth so he's gotta he's gotta write the ship and change his uh, reputation a little bit and certainly, you know, there, there's promotional opportunities out there, but as you, you know, as you move around, sometimes there, you know, there's some that are maybe better and less controversial. Um, it, I think one, one thing that, you know, kids get tired of hearing, but who you choose as your spouse and, and who you choose as your friends means so much. And if there are people leading you down a path that's not good for you in the short and long term you need to maybe decide the negative influences can you get them out and the other thing i think too is you know he's just got to look and see what he wants to be like you said brad figuring out who you are at that age is hard enough in in real life let alone when you've got millions of dollars and people fawning over everything trying to find a way into your pocketbook but I think, you know, he needs to maybe sit down and think of what Ja Morant wants to be at 30, 40 and 50 and, and maybe head towards that direction a little bit uh, as opposed to just having fun today. Yeah, I would tell Ja if I knew him, I would say um, pose with your gun at home on Christmas cards, not in the club in the summertime on TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And with that, we got to run. <laughs> it's, it's been a great couple of hours. Appreciate everybody who came by the show. Thanks to you for listening as well. For Brad and for Mike, I'm Larry. Enjoy the weekend and enjoy the games. We'll see you right back here, same station, next week. ILL. I and I. This I has been I. a presentation of LMBC Sports, LLC, and JM Talent Productions. We'll be back next week on the Illini Guys Radio Network on these same stations across Illinois.